0: there and welcome to this week's episode of Tell Me Your Tales. It's episode 23 that we're on today and thanks for tuning in. What I do on this podcast is I try to have conversations with people who I find successful, wise, interesting and um, yeah people that have a lot of wisdom to be able to pass on to the listeners. So thanks for tuning in and this week's show is with Virginia Maloney. Virginia is an elite middle long distance runner She's got an amazing marathon time and um, has ticked a lot of boxes in the running world in quite a short time and I had a ball talking to her. Um, extremely well spoken. She uh, was really easy to speak to. I haven't really had much to do with her in the past, a few uh, crossings here and there, but it's amazing how quick an hour went talking with her and um, yeah, how easy she was to speak to. Maybe it's a school teacher thing. I'm not sure. So um, this week's show, we talk about her upbringing. She's one of 11, which is pretty amazing. And um, we talk about her running journey, her massive win at the Melbourne Marathon last year, and her thoughts on the upcoming Gold Coast Marathon, as well as a whole stack of other things as well. Um, if you like what you hear, please let somebody else know. Share the share the good news kind of thing. And uh, if you've got a running mate who would find this podcast interesting, pass it on to them. Uh, review on iTunes so I can uh, get this show into more people's ears and come up in a few more searches on there would also be appreciated. And yeah, let Virginia know, send her a tweet or an Instagram message or whatever it is and uh, let her know you heard her on this podcast and wish her luck for Gold Coast. Radio. that's enough from me, over to the conversation with Virginia. Enjoy episode number 23 of Tell Me Your Tales. Now
1: I've learned things you want me to know.
0: Even when I'm feeling low I still feed the seeds that you taught me to sow So believe the choices you made were right Don't let ifs keep you awake at night Rightio, Virginia Maloney, welcome to Tell Me Your Tales podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks very much for having me, Brady.
0: Yeah, it's been a bit of a hit and miss the last three weeks. I think we've had this teed up and we have finally got there today after some uh, technical issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's been a, a little while coming, but that's all right.
0: It has. I'm stoked <laughs> to get you on the show, though, because, um, yeah, well, for one, you're a school teacher, which is good second reason you're a marathon runner and um, yeah thirdly I reckon you've got a pretty interesting story so looking forward to unpacking a few of those things.
1: Yeah great no go for it.
0: Sunday today did you get out for a long run?
1: Yeah got out uh, this morning it was very fresh down here in uh, Garvock. I uh, had a quick squeeze at the elders website just to see when we were going to get first light at about 10 past 6 and it said uh, negative 0. 0.8 degrees feels like negative three degrees. And I thought, oh, geez, I don't know what negative three degrees feels like, but we're about to find out. So, yeah.
0: Did you go by yourself? Um, or?
1: I had my partner, Trent, uh, Trent McCormick, on the bike with me just to keep me company and uh, good to have his uh, the bike lights, actually, so we could see where we were going.
0: It's a pretty good boyfriend <laughs> effort getting out in the morning like that. For um, How many K did you do?
1: Uh, 32 this morning.
0: Yeah, we'll get into a bit of your training later on. What I usually do at the start, Virginia, is get uh, the guests to introduce themselves. So do you mind maybe giving the listeners a bit of an introduction to who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, no worries. Um, I, well, obviously, Virginia Maloney and uh, living in Melbourne at the moment as a school teacher at Elwood College. So I teach years 7 to 12 there doing vce psychology um, as well as seven to ten health and pe and um, i am the year nine coordinator there and coordinate a couple of extra uh, curricular uh, subjects and programs and that sort of thing as well so i absolutely love working at elwood we're only a small school of about 580 so uh, so it's great that you can you know, get to know the kids without having to have taught them. So really enjoy it down there by the beach. Um, But originally I am from Garvock, which is about half an hour from Warrnambool, grew up on a dairy farm and am one of 11 children. So mum and dad uh, definitely had their work cut out for them uh, with a dairy farm and 11 kids growing up. But uh, I went to the local primary school here in Pamule about, uh, 10 kilometres down the road and then secondary school at Emanuel College in Warnable um, and from there I uh, had a gap year there in Warnable and was the sport and outdoor ed trainee uh, at the school which I think is what led me into teaching because I absolutely loved that traineeship year um, we're very lucky down here in the southwest, we've got the beach, we've got wonderful rivers and bike trails, running trails, all that sort of thing. So, my year as a trainee, uh, part of the job was turning up and organising athletics, swimming carnivals, cross countries, going to, uh, going on all the school camps, doing all the coaching, setting up the sports days. Uh, but the other side of it was, I was the sort of second supervisor, I guess, of a lot of the outdoor ed classes. So a lot of my days were spent five periods of the day out surfing or kayaking, canoeing, bike riding, uh, that sort of thing. So very lucky in that respect, but it gave me a great insight into teaching and working with young people. And uh, that's the the road I decided to go down and I went on to live in Melbourne. Uh, I lived at La Trobe University and studied applied science, majoring in physical education at RMIT uh, in Bandura and absolutely loved it there. And probably uh, about or oh, two years into my course, I moved off college after that and went into a, a house and I sort of started doing Uh, Just prior to that, actually, I had a car accident where somebody failed to give way um, and I broke my kneecap. So I was an avid uh, netballer down at home, played for Tarang Mortlake and uh, would travel home to play each week. Uh, And that was sort of the only sport that I was really involved in. Um, And so after the accident, I took a year off netball and uh, my sister said to me in 2012 would you like to do run for the kids with me and I I agreed and really enjoyed that and then we decided to do the Great Ocean Road half marathon Um, and what was looking back on that now um, we just had a look back on it a couple of weeks ago actually at the original results five years ago and I think I came 708th (laughs) and uh, it took me nearly two hours (laughs) so uh, we've come a long way since then (laughs) Um, but we, yeah, we, I just started doing a bit of recreational running. So probably six K's twice a week. And then I extended it to six K's and a nine kilometer. And that was about the extent of my long run then. Um, and after I, uh, graduated in 2013, I did six months of, uh, casual relief teaching. And it just so happened to be that I was working at an all-girls school for one day and uh, my now coach, Liam Delaney, uh, from Vigor Health and Fitness, he came in to take one class. He takes one class a year there um, for stretching and I just happened to be given that class. And he just said to me, oh, you look like you do a bit of running. I said, oh, yeah, no, I'm thinking of running the Great Ocean Road, half mar- uh, the Great Ocean Road full marathon. And he said, oh, great, I've got a social running group. You should come along and we can do some training. And that was uh, three years ago uh, in April. So since then, we've, yeah, we've come a very long way and um, we are where we are now, I guess.
0: Yeah. So do you want to maybe give the listeners some insight, I guess, to where you are now? So obviously Melbourne Marathon winner, which is a, a huge, um, huge win represent Australia, the world cross-country champs at Uganda. So um, what else would you kind of rate as some a, a multiple state champion over cross-country? What else would you rate as some of your highest achievements?
1: Um, Obviously, definitely the the marathon win and, and to represent Australia at, at anything but at a world championships in cross-country, I, I would never have um, dreamed of. And that entire experience for me, although I didn't have – the race that I wanted or the preparation that I wanted. Um, the women that I ran with over there were exceptional. The team that we went away with, it really, I had a really positive experience and um, it's definitely, although the, as I said, the run wasn't great, the whole week was just an absolute highlight of my career to, to get to see different athletes at work and to get to know them in a different way Uh, light and to keep in contact with those athletes as well the running community uh, is certainly uh, a very special one but it's very inclusive also which is a great thing um i've really enjoyed the athletics victoria winter season uh that's you know just i was absolutely over the moon when i came third for the first time at lardner uh last year or the year before i just well it must have been the year before and i was just stoked i just thought that was the best thing and um to have progressed to actually win some of these um champion oh, these yeah state races has been uh, really exciting for me and my family and um, going on from there i think probably the two um great ocean road uh half marathon wins last year and and this year have definitely been highlights um for me probably because it's a bit closer to home so a lot more locals get to come down and see it and and they've got a, a big interest uh, in those sort of things as well. And I even do a 10-kilometre local race down here called the Surf to Surf, which is uh, named after my uncle's sister, actually. Um, on the other side, she was a great marathon runner, Judy McDowell, and uh, she sadly passed away um at an early age uh however she was a great marathon runner and and a great competitor and she did that race the hilly surf to surf course down in warnable every year so when um i've ran it twice now and and lucky enough to have the win twice and that's yeah been really special for me um so as i guess also um in terms of highlights just running in japan we did a marathon uh, at the tokyo marathon in Well, last year, 2016,
0: yeah,
1: um, and that was just to be on the start line with some of those um, world champions and and the best of the best. Again, the marathon didn't go to plan um, for us. We, I got to 35 kilometres, feeling great, and then I think I may have uh, learned a lot from that marathon (laughs) in terms of nutrition.
0: Yeah, Um, I've been there. Everyone's been there. Certainly
1: important. And I'd never experienced hitting the wall, but I can definitely say I've experienced it now. It is real. Um, it was like being hit by a bus at, 35, at 36 kilometres. I don't really remember much uh, towards the end of that marathon. And other than being really cold at the end and really hungry, and for me I knew that something was wrong because, I, like a lot of people, I generally don't feel like eating much after a long hard run uh but i tell you what trent found me in the uh elite area afterwards with these massive plate of rice in front of me and he said i was just pale and eating eating a lot so
0: smashing down rice in the elite smashing
1: section down the rice and the good japanese food
0: yeah right so let's go back to the well there's so many things i want to touch on but because we're talking about marathons now we'll uh go to the debut so that was 2015 at melbourne so you didn't hit a wall, 240 that day, like it was all smooth?
1: Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't all smooth. Um, again, we were feeling, feeling really good. Um, and I think to uh, – I'm um, a celiac, so I'm gluten-free and um, also uh, a bit sensitive to fructose. So for me on that day, I was learning to um, – I probably actually had a bit of trouble – with the gels more than anything they sort of um weren't weren't sitting right and all of a sudden I went from being on track for a two sort of 35 and it just went backwards down St Kilda Road and I really um struggled home mentally and I was I was bitterly disappointed um even though you know there's nothing wrong with a 240 and and I'm proud of it looking back that that was my first marathon but I think when we felt like we were in better shape and we'd done, we'd shown that in training, I think that's one of the most frustrating things is when you've almost ran that distance um, faster in training, feeling good, and then to produce that on the actual day, it's it can be, um, yeah, it can be really hard. But also it was a really motivating factor um, after Melbourne to continue on. Um, I guess, to to pursue that um, sub-235, which luckily 12 months later we were able to achieve.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that because that was my debut the same year at Melbourne and it was exactly the same. You're kind of feeling confident with the training going in and then afterwards it was almost like a bit of a kick in the guts and welcome to marathon running and you almost had to experience that to kind of get that hunger to go back and then come again.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's sort of like saying, you know what – it's not all um you know you don't it's not all just doing the training and ticking the boxes and it'll all fall into place it's sort of like no you've got to you've got to earn it when you're out there for 42 kilometers the marathon um you know it can be unforgiving and it's it's not um it doesn't give anyone any favors like (laughs) you've really got to do the um you know cross the, what is it, whatever it is, you know, got the I's and cross the T's, the T's yeah. and, <laughs> and, um, and make sure that you do absolutely everything, leave nothing to chance and uh, even then, you still don't know if it'll fall into place and sort of think, why, now that I'm saying this out loud, why do we do it?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly right and it's, um, it's all those little things, as you said, about nutrition and I found the same thing, I was a bit naive about, oh, I don't need to have that whole gel, I might get a stitch. Like, but then later on, you're hitting the wall and you should have had the whole jail because it would have uh, made you uh, not hit that wall. But it's, yeah, all those little things that you just don't experience in half marathons and you try to practice them in training, but you're probably never going that distance at that pace. And then it's, it's almost like a whole different sport, marathon running, compared to halves and 10Ks.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree there. There's something about, um, something about that just after 35 k's the body just decides that um yeah it's going to be it's just going to be that bit harder and and you're right you don't ever go for the 42 at marathon pace having your gels having the perfect uh tapering week leading up and and having you know your exact meals um to plan the night before you really can't practice um the race day, whereas I think you, you're right, you can get away with um, a few things in a half and and even a 10k, um, just letting a few things slide. But yeah, the marathon is definitely unforgiving if if you haven't done all the all the right things leading up.
0: Yes, yeah, spot on. But you hit a qualify that day, didn't you? For Rio, was that a qualifying time?
1: Yeah, so I was lucky with um, both with Melbourne and uh, Tokyo were both uh, qualifying times which you know was exciting in itself for for me having only been running um or training uh, under a coach for 18 months um I sort of had to look at that and say you know what there have been women who have been training so much longer than you and would strive and and kill to do this time so I I had to take a step back and and sort of sit down and go through that and decide that well I've I've got to put in the time and the hours just like everybody else who's who's trying to um, meet those qualifiers. So I couldn't, in the end, you've got to be grateful for what you can do and, and I'm just so thankful for what I've been able to achieve in such a short time and, and really hope that, uh, with hard work and and continued training that this does continue
0: yeah it's unbelievable your rise like i am um, yeah just watching you and telling a few people that i was talking to for this podcast they were really interested as well just how quickly that's occurred but um when liam started coaching you he must have loved seeing the progression like it's making him look like a pretty good coach as well so do you want to maybe <laughs> unpack some of your training
1: yeah no i am um, liam he is absolutely fantastic i think what's what is awesome um, about Liam is I can chat to him every day of the week just like I chat to a friend. So I um, even though he's a, he's a married man and a dad, he's always got time for his athletes, regardless of what level they're they're at. So he's got social runners, um, his business vigor, health, and fitness looks after uh, paddlers, cyclists, and uh, runners. And he's got groups for all of those and running them during the week. And, I mean, what I absolutely love about training is I turn up and and run along with 50-year-olds, 50, 50 40-year-olds warming up, um, and then we're straight into a session where, you know, depending on who's there and what level they're at, Liam just modifies the session for everyone so they get the most out of it. And I guess I'm really lucky that, um, you know, Liam's a great runner himself, so yeah. he can – He's been pulling me along, keeping me honest, um, as well as bringing up some of the young um, male and female athletes at at Collingwood. Um, And they're they're totally keeping me honest out there on the track. And I I think that's probably how I've gotten um, so far so quickly is that Liam has been conservative uh, with my training. He didn't throw me straight into marathon running. Um, obviously he wanted to build up those components that I'd missed out on as a junior. So I'd never done speed work and I'm really only just getting my head around it now, <laughs> uh, what that consists of. So I turn up to train with the group on a Tuesday and a Thursday. And often um, Tuesdays are at Prinny Park and Thursdays at the Collingwood Track. And then we do a Sunday morning generally through Yarra Bend um, with the group as well. So I've um, always got someone there uh, right at my pace or or quicker and that's what's uh, keeping me honest and helping me improve I think is that I'm always, well majority of the time I'm chasing and if I'm not chasing there's someone right behind me and I can hear them like a steam train and that's usually Liam. I can Mm. (laughs) absolutely hear him burning down. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that aspect of it has um, has certainly helped um, get me along as quickly as it has. Um, I was very fortunate after the first Melbourne Marathon in 2015. I came in fourth and Sophie Ryan, who runs for uh, Old Severians, Sophie came in fifth and it was her debut marathon as well. And we got chatting at the... Uh, at the finish line and and we decided that, oh, we'll, maybe we'll meet up um, and go for a jog one Wednesday morning. And I can only count, you know, a handful of times since that uh, Wednesday oh since that marathon that we met that we haven't caught up on a Wednesday morning for our second long run for the week. So um, I think the culture in uh, women's running, particularly in Victoria is, is so excellent at the moment um Sinead Diver will come along some mornings with us um and Akana Murray Bartlett um who I train with under Liam at Vigor Health and Fitness you know whoever's around um it's great that you can be going out and doing your second long run or or doing a a handicap speed session um with these girls who are your competitors um yeah I think that's been very eye-opening for me for someone who came from Uh, a country football netball background where you didn't train uh, with your competitors (laughs) ever, Um, that's been really good for me. So uh, other than that, on a Friday and Saturday, uh, Trent comes out with me. He's usually on the bike and that's just more for for company uh, more than anything. So, yeah, I think my training week consists of six days of running Um, and I usually have a Monday off to do, um, some swimming and strength work. And, uh, Liam is also a qualified masseuse and naturopath. So, um, he looks after me in terms of massage and treatment and that sort of thing. So, and I completely appreciate, um, what he does for me and for his other athletes. He's absolutely exceptional and, and I guess he's only been doing it, um, well, uh, with elite athletes for for a few years now. So, um, yeah, he, he's doing really well. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about that um, Melbourne Marathon win. So going into the race, were you confident or did you know who you were up against or how were you kind of feeling pre-race?
1: Um, I I look back on Melbourne and I, I realised how relaxed I was. Uh, so I must have been very confident. I was very confident in my training. Um, we were going to do Melbourne. We weren't ever going out for the win, um, Liam said to me, look, of course, you're there at a race, but our primary our goal is to get uh, two hours 34. That's what we are aiming for today. So in my mind, um, we'd done the training, leaning up for it. Uh, we do a, a great 37 kilometre sort of mountainous run in the King Valley um, in the lead up. And we also like to do a 39 kilometre run along the Lilydale to Warburton Rail Trail. So if anyone's ever done that, it's um, six kilometres up Mount Evelyn and then it sort of goes downhill for a while and then sort of from about 15 kilometres up onwards it's a slow uh, gradual rise into Warburton. And it's just a great, um, a great run to be able to tick the legs over at a, a good pace, not quite marathon pace but a good pace um, to get you through, um, I guess, that distance. And so after I did that, I I felt really good and so I guess that gave me the confidence leading into the day that 2 hours 34 was achievable. Um, I knew that I was up against some good competition in terms of the women. Obviously, uh, Sinead Diver raced on that day as well and I just think Sinead's an exceptional uh, competitor and an exceptional runner and and to be a mum and be 41 and doing what she's doing um, is unbelievable uh, so, I guess on the morning of the marathon, I was I was very relaxed and and it was a uh, interesting day. <laughs> I mean, when we knew what the weather was going to be like the day before, and and when I chatted to Liam before we went out, he was great. He just um, kept me really relaxed and sort of not thinking about overthinking the race. He, but he turned to me and he said, "Look." We may not, these conditions may not be conducive to a two-hour 34 marathon. Um, He said, let's go out and race and let's go out and try and win this.
0: So So just um, to fill people in, it was like 35K wins that morning, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. (laughs) Pretty, yeah. I got off the plane because I was over in Germany for the Berlin Marathon and we got off the plane that morning and just looking at the flags at the airport, I was thinking, oh, I feel so sorry for these people trying to run a marathon in these conditions today. It was horrendous
1: it it was one of those things where you were just like really Melbourne of all days did you have to pull it up today? Um, I don't know if people remember the next day but Monday after the marathon was perfect oh, was it, it? Yeah. was dead still. <laughs> and I remember walking out the window thinking yep that'd be right that'd yeah. be <laughs> but uh, you know yeah it was it was extremely um, windy that day and it was actually quite warm. Um, For Melbourne, which we after a really cold winter, um, we got a bit of a a warmer day. And I remember going down uh, Beach Road towards Port Melbourne and thinking, oh, great, we're going to spin around here and have a tailwind for six kilometres down to Elwood. Well, it just wasn't, I mean, you can ask anyone running that day. It just wasn't the case. It was like it was swirling. And we actually started running into the headwind again. I thought, this is really weird. Um, and it became sort of a sidewind. And then it was a tailwind. And by the time we turned around at 25 kilometres, uh, we'd managed to catch a group in front of us, a group of men. Um, so we were running quite comfortably. The two groups joined into one. And we turned at the 25 kilometre mark and the men just spread out on me. I thought, oh, I need to tuck in here. Uh, but no, nobody wanted to tuck in. And and we all ended up being single file and strung out. And um, it wasn't until we got to up Fitzroy Street and we bunched up again and feeling good, went strongly up Fitzroy Street and turned onto St Kilda Road and that that headwind hit us again. Um, At that stage, I didn't know how far ahead I was, um, and I'm pleased I didn't. I just thought, you know, you've just got to get down St Kilda Road. And in my mind the whole time, um, I was thinking about Birdwood Avenue up around the Tan, that sort of 12 to 1500 kilometre climb. That
0: hill, yeah, (laughs) which isn't a massive hill, but after 36k, it bangs you up a bit.
1: It does. Yeah, it's it's quite funny. And, and in my training, I'd made sure that I'd gone round there at least once a week and ran right from the bottom right to the top. So I knew it back to front. Um, and yeah, that group of men we had sort of um, dropped off down St. Kilda Road. So from then on, I knew that um, it was going to be a solo run for that last 10 kilometers. And I could see some half marathoners. And I just thought, yep, just one by one. And I was feeling in a good in a good rhythm and I turned down towards the arts centre and just going downhill was a bit um, awkward for a moment. The legs weren't used to it. They were in such a rhythm that I sort of pulled up a little and went, oh, that felt a bit funny and I thought I might just back off for maybe 30 seconds and, and I'm pleased I did that because once I turned the corner and, and started, um, yeah, got those muscles working again, I felt fine and... And went up around birdwood ave and had the lead bikes with me so still i knew i was in the lead but um but i i didn't know how far ahead and i didn't really want to know um i came down domain road and turned onto st kilda road and i saw two young uh juniors uh simone and lucy from our club and they were standing with my older sister and her baby and my older sister was in tears and um, the two girls are screaming their lungs out, and I thought, 39 kilometres—it's not very inspiring for them if I pull out now. So, so I kept going and got round Flinders Street. And um, so, are you
0: saying you had thoughts about pulling out at that stage? Like, was it?
1: Oh, I did, certainly didn't have thoughts. Yeah. It was just a moment. Of, I was always going to make it to that finish line. I I'd, yeah. I'd never had thoughts about pulling out. It was just a fact of you're hurting, um, but you know it was sort of more of a thing of you got to keep going. Yeah, like yeah. there's, you, you're going to do, you're going to get there. Like you're fine. It's those, those moments of stop self-doubt. Yeah, um, yeah. There's no need for it type thing. So, uh, yeah, we got we got round and I guess um, when I, it wasn't until I got onto Batman Ave, uh, is it Batman Ave, round the G, it wasn't until then that I knew I was going to win. I thought, I don't know how far back uh, Sinead is, but I know that even if I had to, you know, stop and walk, or if I had to do anything, I, just, I knew then. And so I started to really um, enjoy it. And I think I got a bit emotional knowing that mum and dad and a lot of my family members and friends and that sort of thing were only just around the corner. And, and 12 months earlier, running around the G, I could not appreciate it. I was in too much pain I didn't enjoy it I thought oh everyone raves about running into the marathon running into the G to finish and I think because I'd had such a shocker um I just didn't didn't appreciate it well I appreciated it (laughs) in October last year it was the best run around the G that I've ever had and um yeah to have the fireworks go off and have Liam there at the finish line and Trent and my mum and dad and and cousins and that sort of thing i've got quite an extended family um yeah it's something i'll, I'll certainly never forget and and uh it's certainly motivating uh f- to keep training and and want that feeling
0: again i guess and you got the 234
1: and the 234 i mean that was <laughs> i didn't look at my watch the entire race because we decided to race it rather than go for a time and wasn't until i turned into the g and you see the clock and it's Said 233, and I was ecstatic. I thought, this is ace, you know. I um, I've got to get under 234. And as I was running down the straight, I could see it sort of ticking towards 234.30, and I was like, oh, I want to get under the 30. So I uh, really put the hard yards in in that last couple of hundred, and and yeah, and was stoked with the 234.27.
0: That's gotta be pretty surreal too, isn't it? Like you cross the line and I'm sure it would have been news interviews, microphones in your face, you know, big paycheck. Like life must have changed a bit after that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's certainly been um it's certainly been very different. I mean, um yeah, I wasn't used to having yeah, you're right, a bit of media attention and I can guarantee my um dad never thought well a lot of us never thought dad would be quoted in the herald sun (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and on a few media sites and that sort of thing and and that's been a big learning curve and and I guess just different people um stopping you and having a chat when you you know you're getting a coffee or you're going for a run and and I guess some of my fondest or what I've enjoyed most about um the marathon that day is that people have have stopped me and, and chatted to me and said, oh, I was doing the half or, or I was um, I was in the stands when you came in and I was cheering or I was down Domain Road when you ran past and that sort of thing. And just hearing everybody's stories of where they were at that time and what they were doing and um, how they were supportive in, in some way has been... Yeah, a really a really warming experience for me. I guess I um I've really enjoyed that aspect of it, and um yeah, people have definitely um since then um I guess wanted to chat a bit more about running and and my experience and and telling me about their experiences, which is what I enjoy uh, a lot as well. Is just hearing what other people are doing, and and they ask advice and things like that, and I think oh. I'm probably not the best person to ask for advice. I haven't (laughs) been in it that long.
0: (laughs) But um, I just say people
1: just do what the coach tells you. So I just say people just do what your coach tells you because that's that's exactly what I do. I just, if Liam says, you know, it's 32 kilometres today, it's 32. It's not 33. It's not 31. It's 32. So I'm um, very diligent in that respect, a little OCD, he might say, but – I
0: think all runners (laughs) are a bit OCD now and then. What about um, when you went to school on that Monday? Did your teaching staff understand how good of a runner you are?
1: (laughs) Um, I think uh, that gave them a bit more insight. So I think the staff have – I'm very, very lucky at Elwood um, with the staff that I work with. I have an extremely supportive – Uh, PE staff that um, I work with as well as our principal Rhonda Holt is um, she's just excellent and they take a keen interest in my running and they follow it and support me and um, understand that on that Monday uh, I came in to teach my year 12's first period because they were they had their exam uh, the next week but they completely understood when I said do you mind if I go home at Uh, at lunchtime today I don't have any classes after this (laughs) and uh, yeah they said no worries you can definitely do that but I guess for the the other staff yeah they they saw the paper and they it was really lovely they had it out and they had it stuck up on the staff room wall and they all gave me um, some great support and celebrations that morning at briefing and throughout the week and um, yeah I guess that gave them some good insight into what I get up to uh, outside of school or outside school hours. Um, some of the kids, um, they knew about it. Uh, others were like, oh, you run? <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were a runner. <laughs> so I thought, oh, okay. So it was good for them to get to know me as well. I think um, what was great is um, our staff offer the Great Victorian Bike Ride and uh, leading up to that they take the kids out on a Sunday um, down to Alec and back and uh, at that 25 kilometre turnaround in Elwood um, the actual group that were training that day uh, were down there on the corner and the kids were there cheering which was really lovely for me and, and and on the Monday morning some of them came to me and they said Miss Maloney we saw you on the news and we saw you you know we didn't know whether you'd won or not so we turned on the news and had a look and we saw you won or some of them came up to me and asked me how I went, which is really nice. Um, I was uh, just chatting with someone this morning telling them of an experience I had two weeks ago. I was out on a long run Wednesday morning before school and um, it was only it was about six or quarter past six in the morning and I had two boys on bicycles call out, hi, Miss Maloney, and stop their bikes and have a bit of a chat and... Um, yeah, it's, it's great that they were getting out before school and getting a bit of activity in, but it's also nice, um, yeah, to get to know the students, uh, to, for them to know that, you know, teaching isn't just my life. There's
0: yeah. well, like, <laughs> um, I another guess, aspect to it. Yeah. I guess being, um, stopping on that though, how, like you're obviously in a pretty big role, how you were just listing off at the start of the conversation about your roles and responsibilities at the school. And obviously training yeah. for marathons isn't easy either. So how do you manage that balance?
1: Yeah, um, I I guess because Liam slowly built me up in terms of slowly building up the kilometres for me, um, I've managed to work uh, my life in a very routine manner. So I'm very lucky with Trent. He's extremely uh, supportive and and. We know that our week consists of um, you know, Sunday afternoons, getting ready uh, for the week, whether that being going to the market, getting all our food and um, setting all of that up for the week, knowing exactly um, where we're going and what we're doing. But uh, it means Monday mornings, um, actually every morning for that matter is, is usually a five or 5.30 start, um, whether that's swimming or running. Um, and then, um, after school, uh, generally around four thirty or five o'clock, I can get away from school, um, on a Tuesday and a Thursday off to straight over North side, um, to start doing some training and that sort of thing. So uh, routine is a, a huge part of my week, um, to manage that, that marathon training, um, and yeah it's it's full-on and it's busy but i love the training i love the process um and i love what comes with it so uh, for me i feel nothing better than getting up in the morning and and doing a run or a swim or something and and you just feel like you're set up for the day um but yeah i guess fitting it in can be difficult but it's not unachievable (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, because I guess I just like you compare your life to some other female elite marathoners and, you know, you're probably working a lot harder than a – well, a lot harder in a work occupation than they are. Um, they're probably sitting on the couch, some of them, and resting up and being able to recover a lot better than you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have the the luxury of that side of things, but I I really appreciate having um, – a job to go to and a job that I enjoy and am supported in um I actually think it can be conducive to my running even though in some aspects yeah I don't get the recovery that I'd like to um or the sometimes it's the time but I think it's I've worked hard on making the time and finding the time for those things um it is it is very different to how others have it, but I'm sure they have other challenges as well in their lives that um, they face in terms of their training. But, um, yeah, I just make the most of the, the situation that I'm in and, and I really enjoy it. And sometimes um, marathon training can be a great way to de-stress um, after work. As you know, as a teacher, it's, it can be pretty full-on, yeah, particularly of, of meetings. Staff meetings, oh, health yeah. PE classes, uh, VCE classes, there's sometimes um, we definitely spend a little extra time in my classes doing some stretching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there may be a little bit of selfishness in there. Or we just might hold this one just a tad longer <laughs> than the others. Um, but, yeah, so we, we make it work and I'm really lucky. I teach a, a sports performance class um, with Year 9 and 10 at school and, and we can trade stories about whether it's cycling training or running training and how we improve it and that sort of thing. and and then everybody demonstrates it and we get out together, and yeah we do all our stretches and we talk, we um, practice our recovery and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I guess it's making it work and finding the time
0: yeah yeah for sure what other you got any other recovery tips like are you sleeping in skins or like smashing protein shakes every night or any tips for the <laughs> listeners to because i think no. having that life balance is super important and something other than running to kind of keep you entertained and the mind active and not making running everything because when it doesn't go right or you get injured all of a sudden your world's kind of falling apart a bit but yeah what other kind of things do you do for recovery
1: yeah, um, I'm a big one on um, swimming. So I swim two mornings a week and I don't skip it. Um, I really enjoy that. I don't do a session in the pool. It's just purely swimming uh, for about an hour um, just to loosen up those muscles. Obviously, um, the stretching, I'm really lucky that I can get a, um, some weekly treatment in terms of massage um, and I'm lucky Trent is an occupational therapist as well, so he knows a bit about it and um, can sort of give me that second massage during the week if I need it. Um, yeah, a lot of it for me is uh, nutrition and hydration. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I I'm, I'm, don't have too many secret tips on recovery. It's probably something that I really need to improve on. <laughs> yeah.
0: And take me back, Virginia, growing up in a family, 11 or 10 siblings, dairy farm, obviously would have been pretty full on as a kid.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I'm, I have very fond memories of my childhood. Um, how can you not when you've got – you're growing up with 10 friends, essentially. Um, there was always someone to play with and always something to do. And we all um, – we all some more than others i should say because i think i got out of it pretty well but we all did our stints um milking cows over at the dairy or feeding calves or um yeah feeding out to the cows and yarding them up and that sort of thing as i said i think i uh got away with it uh, a bit better than the others um but um yeah i guess that gave us good insight into hard work and and a bit of resilience, and um, sometimes we'd be complaining about going over to the dairy, and and we'd get over there, and within five minutes, Dad had a smile on our faces, um, and we were we were fine. We really actually enjoyed milking there, but um, yeah, I mean we were very lucky growing up. Mum and Dad have been extremely supportive in everything that we've wanted to do. We've played netball and and football and um. At local club level and interleague level and that sort of thing, and and very much involved in the community. So um, we, I have to be very grateful in the fact that we never we never missed out, and we have a uh, a great uh, family in terms of cousins who were also our friends who we um, grew up seeing a lot as well. So uh, yeah, very fond memories growing up. I mean always very chaotic when you're one of 11 um, but I mean we're all still great friends and and you know I've, I've got a great support crew behind me in terms of um, people when they come and watch races there's usually one sibling or one relative there so it's it's good yeah. I've enjoyed
0: it I think I saw a photo of you after Zatapak and you had about 15 people around you <laughs> on the track that night
1: yeah, yeah, I've, um, I've been lucky enough to do Zatapik I think three times now and each time uh, mum and dad have made it down but it's been a whole lot of people different times. I've never had the whole family um, make it to an event yet um, but I'm sure we'll get there.
0: Do you miss <laughs> that, because um, you must be a hero back in your hometown, Like, do you miss I- that small kind of tight-knit community now that you're in Melbourne?
1: Um yeah i love I love coming home. Um, you you get to catch up with everyone and and it is a tight-knit community. you get to everybody knows everybody and and that sort of thing. but I'm so lucky in in Melbourne that I've got my Elwood College community, I've got my vigor um, health and fitness community um, and I've got you know that that running community that's there. I've got my group of friends um, from uni and from other times. but I've also got um, two sisters in Melbourne who I uh, catch up with regularly as well. So um, as much as you do love getting home and you do miss that small community, I think I'm very lucky in Melbourne that I have those those smaller groups um, that I get to see regularly every day and, and catch up with. So yeah, it's just, I guess, in a, a different light. Same thing, different place.
0: Yeah, and Gold Coast Marathon coming up. That's the next um, big A race.
1: Yeah, one month today, um, Sunday in four weeks. Let's hope that, um, yeah, we've got the feet up and, and we're all smiles, but um, <laughs> we'll do our best, uh, yeah, for Gold Coast. I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Have you ran the half up there before or the first time up at the Gold Coast?
1: Ran the half last year um, and really enjoyed it. When Whenever you do a PB, um, you've you've had a good day, but, um, yeah, really liked like the Gold Coast last year, loved starting at 6 o'clock and finishing just after 7. That was awesome. But it'll be interesting, I guess, starting at 20 past 7 and it'll be interesting running in a bit – I guess the weather's going to be a bit warmer, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I'm, um, Brad Croker and I are both going to go up and pace the the lead females. So we were kind of talking about that All this right. week about – um you know, you're kind of training in one degrees this morning and it's going to be pretty humid and a lot hotter than what we're used to in our winter down here. So are you doing anything to adapt to that?
1: Well, I've, I've been trying – I'm a shocker because I love getting my run um, done early in the morning out of the way and probably yeah. when it's it coldest. Um, I've tried to go a bit longer. I haven't done any – um, specific heat chamber stuff or anything like that. Um, I'm just hoping that uh, it's not going to hit me too hard. <laughs> so, yeah. no, I haven't I haven't done anything too specific for it yet, but it's great to hear that uh, Brad will be up there because uh, I had him with me till that 28K mark at uh, Melbourne and then I think he was one of the only people that negative split that day um, and he was gone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yeah, no, he um I think he was just trying to get the Berlin qualifier that time. He's going over to Berlin this year. So um I think he wasn't in that good a shape and he had to just run under two thirty five. So I think he was pretty smart early on and settling down a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I think but, so. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, have you got a goal time you're chasing for at Gold Coast?
1: Um, obviously we wanna we wanna improve on Melbourne, so we wanna go under that two thirty four, but I guess um If everyone is being honest and realistic if you want to be up against the best and the best we all need to be aiming towards a low 230 a sub 230 um really so we'll be aiming for obviously something better than 234 but i'd say um if we're feeling good on the day of course we're gonna we're going to try and get to as close as we can to that 230 mark as possible um or or hopefully below, but um, I'm I'm also very realistic about things. I'm not going to put a limit on myself, but um, if I don't quite break that sub two thirty this time around, it it won't be too far away. I hope. Um. So, yeah, we'll we'll try and aim for as close as we can, I guess.
0: Yeah, Tali Bird and I were running this morning and talking about it, just because, like, you've got Jess, Lisa, and Millie. So, like, with those sub two thirties. And then there's a whole stack of other people in between, kind of two thirty 2.30 and two thirty-five. Like it's a, it's a pretty tough time to be an elite female marathon runner.
1: <laughs> it is. It's um. I mean, you know, and and what Jess, Millie, and Lisa have done it has only um been great for the sport. You know, we've really, um, they've stepped up Australian women's running. Um, even though the qualifier is. Uh, slower than it used to be. The times, I guess, or the amount of people hitting those faster times is bigger than ever. Um, and you're right. There's, there's after those three ladies, there's Sinead and Cassie and myself. And I know Sarah Klein's got a time in there uh, from Paris last year. So, um, and and then you've got um, the girls who ran who ran Melbourne, uh, sorry, London, who aren't that far behind, like Mel and. Um, and Casey Wood in her debut doing a 238. So um yeah, it's 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 a great time for women's marathon running, but it's also a tough time. So um you've got to just yeah, put it all out there and and do the best you can, I guess, and
0: yeah, competition and, um, can only be a good thing.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's something that's only going to motivate you. I guess in people are saying now instead of just aiming for that qualifier, you need to aim for the fastest time.
0: Hmm. And
1: that's what's going to get the best oh I think that's what's going to get the best out of all of us.
0: yep Um what about with that World Champs team getting uh, announced a couple of weeks ago was there a bit of disappointment there or you kind of knew that was kind of coming or how were you feeling with that build up?
1: Yeah. Um it was funny actually. I um I we knew that was coming. I mean, once uh, Sinead hit a 231 in Nagoya uh, we definitely knew then that um, that was probably not well we we knew we weren't going to get picked at that stage um, knowing that Jess had um, nominated and we knew Millie would go along and um, obviously Cassie has um, some great times around 233 as well so I definitely knew that um, we needed to start focusing more towards Gold Coast at that stage. So we, there were no surprises when it came out, but I guess there was just a little bit of disappointment as well when you see it written in writing, you go, Ah, it is quite close. Mm-hmm. And and people have said to me, Oh, what if you know, what do you think you could have done if if you'd had good conditions at Melbourne? You know, how much quicker do you think you could have gone and and I can't answer that question because I'm just grateful for what I was able to do. Um, at Melbourne, and you never know what could have gone wrong um, in different circumstances. So, um, yeah, in terms of the World Champs, I'm I'm really excited for those for those women to see what they can achieve over there in London. They're all running so so well, and um, and I think it's a great thing for Australian women's running to have three such hardworking. Um, yeah, fast marathon runners leading out, leading the way at the World Champs. Um, it can only be a good thing for us, and, and I'm sure they'll do do really, really well.
0: Yeah, and training's going well in the lead-up to Gold Coast. Can you share any, um, you know, massive sessions you've banged out or anything? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, training's going really well. Um, as I said earlier, last weekend we did our – probably what will be our biggest run and our quickest run um, being – uh, the 39 kilometers, um, from Lilydale to Warburton. Um, we've, uh, next weekend we'll go up to the King Valley and do the, the mountainous 37 just to toughen ourselves, toughen ourselves up. Um, and after that, it will be three weeks. Um, I can't, I can't off the top of my head think of you know, massive
0: sessions that we've done. Um, what, what kind of pace are you doing these hilly long runs in?
1: Um, I tend, I think we did the 39 in under, it was under two and a half hours, um, which I was happy with uh, for 39 kilometres because of the hills in it and we weren't wanting to go at marathon pace, but I felt really good after that. Um, so, Yeah, that was a a good session, but I think I was happy the other the other night. We had some 1500s, and um, keeping those um, towards 4:30, 4:40 pace for me to bang out um, four of those after having done 39 kilometres the day before, I was pretty happy with that. I guess. I what, never know I, I'm honestly I never know what's good and what's not I just go off what the coach says Yeah
0: I reckon you're in good hands there though What about kind of weekly mileage how many kgs are hitting a week
1: Um we've built up now to between 135 and 140 so definitely not as many um as the other girls are doing but that's also because well I haven't I haven't been doing it as long as them we just want to build up uh, slowly so Hopefully, the next campaign we might look towards going more towards 150. Um, but as I said, that's off uh, 140 or 135, 140 off six days a week, and and we only do one run um, a day, so no second, no second runs. So um, yeah, I guess I think that's that's working well for me uh, so far. Other people think it's a bit odd, but it works for me. So yeah. I'll I'll stick with it.
0: And so much potential. Like you got so much room to move to increase the Ks and, you know, more races and more years of hard training under your belt. It's um it's got to be pretty exciting to realise how much potential's out there.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully if we can get some faster times that maybe um we yeah, we might spend um more time uh, training and maybe a little less time working um getting in some more recovery i mean if things go well that that would be awesome to spend more time actually um focusing on marathon training getting some more kilometers in um getting a bit more speed work in and and definitely some more recovery um i'm really excited for for what the future holds i guess
0: yeah i dropped one day at work this year and it's been um like it's only one day, but it just makes such a huge difference for training and recovering and just kind of get your life in order so it's not as stressful that Monday to Friday. Highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, I think I, I have had a, a, a bit of a think about that. And um, perhaps uh, after this year, we might, we might take that on seriously and not just a little pipe dream. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So obviously, um, Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, that's got to be a big kind of goal as well, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's. You'd be silly not to, um, even though the competition is so hot and um, that sort of thing, you'd be silly not to throw your hat in the ring for that one and, and a, a big um, a big motivator to keep training and get those fast times. Um, we'll definitely be trying our best to get on the start line there um, come April next
0: year. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, the last question I usually ask people, actually, before I do, I want to ask about you're sponsored by a milk company. Must be <laughs> the only runner in Australia. And I guess I've kind of um, got the answer to that already because you've said how you've come off a dairy farm. But do you want to maybe unpack that a bit?
1: <laughs> yeah. Mum <laughs> and daddy, yeah, obviously dairy farmers, and they supply the Warrnambool Cheese and Butter Factory. And um, they are uh, Australia's oldest uh dairy company and they're located in allensford which is 15 minutes up the road where my uh, grandma and granddad marnie are from um and there have always been suppliers of the milk factory there growing up i worked um at the restaurant called cheese world <laughs> <laughs> across the road um from the factory and and it's that small community spirit again um a lot of my cousins and family have worked there. My siblings have worked for the factory and, and supply the milk for there, which um, at home in the southwest it's called Sungold Milk, um, but everybody else can find that milk. Um, Great Ocean Road it is in Coles and there's Great Ocean Road Milk, Great Ocean Road Cheese. It's the same company, just different branding. Um, and, yeah, they've been extremely supportive of my running um they decided when I first started out running they said oh you know we'll help you out a bit and and that's what they've done um they give me a few tips about how milk is the best recovery um (laughs) always and and I guess we always laugh and put down um the fact that I've been um I've been told I have very strong bones and that would be due to the unpasteurized raw milk that I've been drinking straight from the vat since uh since we were little tackers. So, yeah, one of the – I don't know of many other people sponsored by a dairy company. Yeah, but um,
0: This yeah, dairy life up. set you up for um, – you know, it's giving you these resilience and discipline kind of skills that work well with distance running and the bones. It's, um, it's been a bit of a working from a young age.
1: Yeah, perhaps that's the secret. I mean, the, uh, the garb up goodness, yeah. the well goodness that I'm getting from there.
0: Hey, the last question I ask everyone is um, have you got a mantra or a quote that you try to live your life by?
1: Um, Yeah, I think uh, we're always taught growing up you don't do things by halves Um, and that's always something that I try to stick to and, I mean, literally people sort of. Think it's quite funny that I live by that because I tend to do the full marathon, not just a half marathon. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think unpacking that, it's if you're going to do something, do it well and give it a hundred percent. So yeah, don't do things by halves.
0: Yeah, a good one, and that's yeah, kind of what we talked about. with have marathon running at the start there about doing everything properly and dotting every i and crossing every t and getting the best <laughs> out of yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Hey,
0: Virginia, any other sponsors you want to give a bit of a plug? Uh,
1: I guess I'm very lucky that Mizuno Running uh, looks after me with my runners and some apparel, and they've been excellent to me. Uh, When they approached me, very lucky that uh, they were my shoe of choice uh, before they approached me. So um, a big shout-out to Mizuno, um, as well as Vigor Health and Fitness, um, who I mentioned earlier is Liam's. Liam's group, and if there are any any runners of any level, recreational or um, just fun runners, or wanting to take that next level, um, we love having having different people come along. Um, my partner Trent, he's a uh, a cricketer and plays for Spotswood, is um, but when it's the off season, he's there on a Tuesday on a Thursday um, doing. Doing the speed work uh, with the group, so it is an all-inclusive uh, running group, or cycling, or paddling, whichever you you sort of
0: prefer. So,
1: um, got to look after Vigor Health and Fitness, and obviously uh,
0: Sun Gold Milk. And Trent's as well. a body good uh, cricketer as well. That's not to take anything away from Trent, <laughs> old Catholic College boy. I think Trent and I were a year apart at high school.
1: Yeah, that's right, um, Catholic College. So we we love getting back to. Bendigo and and running the O'Keefe Trail and the bush trails and One Tree Hill and all those sort of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah.
0: So They had a I'm marathon there my- the other week, the O'Keefe Rail Trail Marathon. You should have uh, come down for that one.
1: Oh, we missed it by a week. I ran into uh, Jamie Cook when I was doing a session on the Saturday and he said how it it'd, it'd had been the week before. So we did. We just missed out. It would have been a, a nice training session. Nice little
0: hit out for you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And what about um, social media, Virginia, if people are liking what they're hearing here and want to keep up to date with what, where you're up to?
1: Yeah, I've got an uh, Instagram account, v.maloney, um, M-O-L-O-N-E-Y. People make the mistake of M-A and and have no idea um my family um i hashtag everything uh garvok express because that's how my family uh follows me um somebody wrote an article um on my running and and the name of the article was the Garvock express so we kept that hashtag and and that's how uh they tend to follow me um which is a good thing and yeah just a twitter account of uh virginia maloney pretty pretty simple.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Good luck at the Gold Coast. Well, I probably will. I'll probably be standing on the same uh, start line as you. So, um, looking forward to <laughs> catching for you up everybody. there and um really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Brady. Good I luck yeah. for the last couple of weeks.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it, it should be good.
0: Beautiful Virginia. Thanks for that. All
1: right. Thanks so much, Brady.
0: there we go that was virginia maloney plenty of good tales in there Um, her rise in dominance has been amazing to uh watch from the the outside and just how much she's progressed and how much she's smashing it at the moment pretty much every race she does i don't know how she seems to race so much but she uh just seems to dominate every time she she races which is a pretty good sign I'm um, looking forward to being up in the Gold Coast in a couple of weeks as well and hopefully seeing her on the start line and I'm not sure if the course lends itself to a few out and backs but hopefully can see her on course in action a few times there and as we spoke about it's pretty tough for spots with those lead females so hopefully she can get her, well get the best out of herself and just uh, do the best she can. If you liked it, as I said, contact her, let her know you heard it here, throw a bit of support behind her, and um, yeah, spread the word, find someone, tell them about the show, and uh, send them a link or something, and yeah, go from there. That would be much appreciated. Enjoy the week. We're going to be back next week with Julian Spence and uh, Brad Croker. We're going to do another Road to Berlin show and um, yeah, talk about our training and stuff like that, which will be about 14 weeks out. So that was good fun last week, and we got some really good feedback there. And um, yeah, I'll have another conversation show probably coming out next week as well. Thank you. See you later. Happy running, happy health, happy whatever else you got going on. Cheers.